0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen to the Fourth Reich. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today in the House to guide you through that Fourth Reich and how to ensure that maybe we could evacuate ourselves from it. It is Wednesday already. Wow, the week has gone by fast thanks to Labor Day. Laboring away for the Fourth Reich is September 7th today. A lot to talk about. We have a religious holy war against our existence. They already have everything in place to kill us. We are already in the Fourth Reich. It's not like, oh, if you don't vote Republican next time, things might get bad. No, no, they already are. And they don't fear our response. That's what I want to elaborate on uh, today. Those three things. This is a religious holy war, a pagan religious holy war of the Fourth Reich. It's not like it might happen. They already have everything in place to declare this nuclear winter, literally, on us with food and fuel, along with the continuing of medical fascism. Monthly, bi monthly shots that are kill shots for seniors and for children. And then they don't fear us. You have all these Republicans. that are like, Ooh, look at what the left did. That's stupid. Oh, look at California. They're wallowing in their own green misery. No, no, they're actually going to successfully foist this upon us, just like they did COVID. And what is your plan? Other than a talking point to not, just make fun out of their rhetoric but to stop their deeds that is what we're going to focus on today now our first sponsor you know it's funny in the fourth reich we're told somehow that businesses could do anything they want to you you have no human rights they can mask you they could shoot you up with that mrna they could test and trace your nose there is nothing a private business can do it's private right well, except no, except when it's not a Fourth Reich agenda item. Indeed, uh, the employer could come back and accuse anyone of harassment, of racism, of wrongful termination. <laughs> no, it, it, actually, business owners can't do anything they want with the overzealous PC state. You need someone to help you. I know we have a lot of small business owners in this audience with everything from onboarding to termination, everything in between, you need a dedicated HR manager. The problem is it typically costs $70,000 a year to hire one, okay? Who has that money uh, sitting around to deal with government compliance? With Bambi, they can get you your own dedicated HR manager starting at 99 bucks a month. That's 1200 a year. Here's the thing. It's not just like, okay, you have a random call-in center that works for you. They give you a dedicated individual. So John Jones from Bambi will be assigned to you available by phone, email, real-time chat. So what's the difference between having that and your own in-house a- a- HR manager? None, except, you know, it's 160th uh, the cost. Um, and with Bambi's HR autopilot, you'll automate you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. So it's really cool. Um, they're also U.S. based, so it's not like you're going to deal with someone from India like you always do. It gives you access to the HR expertise and personal touch you need. Um, HR managers can easily again they could cost seventy, 000, eighty thousand dollars. So you got to remember that they will take this all off your plate. It is all pain. Oh, I'm sorry, all gain and no pain. I was used to saying that for COVID. Fascism. Go to Bambi.com right now um, and type in conservative review under podcasts. When you sign up, uh, there'll be a place to put in, you know, which podcast you heard it, put in conservative review. Um, it really helps this show and it will help you. Bam to the B, com and type in conservative review Under that podcast, don't ever let government regs cost you another 78,000 a year.
1: Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com.
0: You know what's interesting, folks? Today, September 7th, is actually the anniversary. Uh, this was in 1813 of the term Uncle Sam. I, I just thought of this, you know, just kind of a cute way to open up the show. Um, what, true story, where does Uncle Sam come from? Well, it comes from Samuel Wilson. He was a meat packer somewhere in New York. He supplied barrels of beef to the U.S. Army in the War of 1812, and it was stamped on the barrels, U.S., for United States, but it became Uncle Sam, U.S., you know, because Samuel Wilson, and it was picked up by a local newspaper, and then, you know, they started running with it. It was popularized, really, by Thomas Nast later in the century, but that's where it came from. I was just thinking... You see how small the government was. That's what a true private sector means. When the private sector was stronger, uh, they needed to help the government, uh, and they could do whatever they wanted. That's what it used to be like. Now, the government is everything, as we talked about yesterday, that monopoly. But... Imagine having a government that's everything, that has the power to do anything and everything to your life, body, property, food, fuel, medicine, you name it. Spy on you, track you, surveil you, inject you. God knows what else they can do to us neurologically without us even knowing. But they also have a religious jihadist belief on par with that of ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Many of you heard yesterday Biden's COVID advisor, Ashish Jihad, not kidding, it's spelled J-H-A, like Jihad. He said, this is a quote, God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot and the other for the COVID shot. That is literally their mindset. That's why the more it kills you, the more they push it. They're like, hey, these shots didn't work and kill people. Now we're going to accelerate a bivalent shot with officially no human trials and do it even quicker than ever you know the government ordered a hundred million doses before it was even formulated and it also has it's 50 percent ba4 ba5 which is almost out of circulation another month and half the Wuhan strain that's that's you can't be a vaccinologist and be that stupid to think that it's okay to have an extinct strain that's somewhat similar but not exactly the same they know that that's the worst combination of immune imprinting and that's exactly what they're doing so they're now making it it's just like the flu shot you come in are you up to date with all your shots every time you go to a pharmacy now are you up to date on all your shots boom they come in jab you with a flu shot and the next covid shot every few months You cannot even begin to imagine what that's going to do to people's immune systems. And I know a lot of people are like, well, by now, if you're doing it, you're stupid. And I agree. But I'm just telling you, especially seniors, they scare the heck out of them. And, you know, a lot of you could uh, um, empathize with this if you have parents that they're going to scare them into this. This is genocidal. Where is the plan? Where is the plan? But we'll get back to COVID a little bit later, although there is one story I did want to share with you now that I mentioned pharmacies. Um, This guy, Daniel Schmidt, puts out on Twitter that his uh, pharmacy school, okay, University of Chicago Pritzker School of Medicine, so you know where that's coming from, they're teaching a class to pharmacists about medical misinformation. And he shows that it's being funded by the CDC. That's a perfect illustration of what's going on. So they fund their eugenics and censorship to every pharmacist is now groomed into this from the Pritzkers together with CDC. That's your private industry for you. That's medicine for you. But we're talking this week about food and fuel. We are now at the point where we don't need to imagine, oh, man, I have to believe Daniel when he tells me that they're going to follow the COVID playbook for food and fuel and do a nuclear winter, a lockdown, an energy-related lockdown. They are literally telling us they're going to do it. They're using the words unabashedly, and they're actually doing it both in Europe and now in California. Take a listen to this clip from Jean-Claude Junker, Okay, I know that's not how you pronounce it, but we'll call her junker, junkhead, the president of the EU commission. Let's take a listen to her words.
1: And this is what is expensive, because in these peak demands, the expensive gas comes into the market. So what we have to do is flatten the curve and uh, avoid the peak demands. We will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours. And we will work very closely with the member states to achieve this.
0: So did you hear that? Flatten the curve. She's, she's dead serious. We're going to do lockdowns to flatten the curve. Lock down your, your electricity, your gas. And by the way, as I warned, the, warn, the electricity is worse, worse off than the gas situation. Because of the recession and several factors, at least now, oil is, is uh, plummeting. So the gas prices will go down, but electricity will be even more severe. And people think, oh, well, you know, gas is down, so then you won't have the food problems. No. So much of the electricity that funds all the farms and the machines, what do you think is going to go on with that? This is by design, especially now that they got everyone into electric vehicles. But notice that they're not even scared one bit to invoke the previous lockdown language. Everyone thinks, oh, it's, it's, been, it's been repudiated. No, it hasn't. Oh, we caught them in the act. We caught them doing lockdown. So what? What are you going to do about it? They're not scared of us. So for those who thought COVID was done by accident, this should end that. End that thought. Wait, so now we have a crisis on everything that matters in life? What's the statistical likelihood of that happening within two years? None. It's part of the greater reset. This was all orchestrated, at least at the top level. And then all the schleppers just drink out of that trough. So then you have now California that's actually literally implementing this. What does this mean? What is the right response to this? What's the right look on this? Everyone on the right including rhinos, kind of agree, oh, it's stupid, you shut down fossil fuels, look at this, Your green energy. We're all kind of, unlike COVID, I think everyone at least is on message in that sense. But they're really all off message. Now, first, our sponsor today is Raycon. Raycon provides the highest quality wireless earbuds for the non-high quality price. Okay, so, look, with all the transhumanism getting us addicted to screens... The best thing to do is to get off of it. So, if you want to read an ebook, if you want to listen to this show, you know what? Turn off the screen, put on your Raycon wireless earbuds, and here's what you get: you get the audio at the best quality. They also have um, it's a very it's a it's a it's a softer sound. It feels good, and the fit of the actual buds are perfect, even for my ears where I can't seem to get any TV uh, earpiece to work for me. They have a great awareness mode. So, um, when you get knocked out by all the criminals they left on the streets, they call it apple picking. If people are looking at their phone, they'll knock you out. So, they have an awareness mode where you could listen to your surroundings. Um, I found, find them to be really, uh, you know, even when you're shaking and moving, it's called the shake test, doesn't come out of your ear. Eight hours playtime, 32 hour battery life. Um, And again, quality audio for half the price of other premium audio brands. So right now, CR Podcast listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order. How? Go to buyraycon.com slash conservative. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash conservative to save 15% off Raycons today. So let me, and I don't mean to pick on this guy, but let me pick Eric Schmidt, Okay, he's the Attorney General of Missouri running for Senate, and look, he deserves a lot of credit for securing all of that discovery from Fauci now has to turn over his emails in this court. I'm not trying to pick on him, but but let me just give you an example. He puts out on Twitter, America, this is coming if we continue to allow Democrats to wage war against domestic energy production. Now, I, I, there's nothing to disagree with with what he said. What happened in California is coming to America. But what's implicit in what he's saying is that we're, standing, we're always standing at the cusp. Notice how we reset the destruction of America, that it, it's undestructed right before the election. And if you vote Democrat, then we're going to be destroyed. But if you vote Republican, we're going to stave this off. And the reality is we've already gone over that cliff because of our complacence of electing fake Republicans for so many election cycles and not dealing with the deep state and not dealing with the judiciary, with where the power structure really is and dealing with federalism and using local and state control that they have today to interpose and fight back against that and create parallel economies and all the things we need to be doing. We're at the point of no return. It's not like, oh, California, stupid. They did the green energy and they have shortages there They want to do that for America. Vote Republican so we won't have what's in California and Europe everywhere else. No, we've done that in all 50 states and it is coming. It will happen regardless of who wins unless we create a coalition of federalism, a coalition to interpose of multiple governors to create a compact for energy production and auditing every single regulation and obstacle to... Um, our reserves of electricity, coal, nuclear, and everything we do. Unless we do that, we're screwed. It will happen this winter. See, everyone's like, ha, 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 you know, sure glad we don't have the shortage problems here. Dude, this is like COVID. The energy shortage is real. It's contrived, but it's real. It's not just because oh they they they're they're against fossil fuels. I, I I hate to say this, but our drilling see not with coal and and especially coal is down, but with drilling, our oil production is near a record high. Now to be fair, because of the COVID lockdown, because of the regulations, they they stifled our trajectory, we could have been even higher. But we shouldn't be experiencing these problems at those levels. We shouldn't need even greater production to get out of crisis levels. We shouldn't be in crisis levels. We're in crisis levels. It's not just because, oh, they're against fossil fuels. That's part of it. It's because of Ukraine and what they did on purpose. And I would venture to say other things that we're not seeing publicly that allow them to COVID our food and fuel. If you know what I mean, I don't mean, I don't just mean things like the fires that, you know, and all these processing plants, but there's something going on with energy over and beyond the stupid suicidal attack on Russia, which was just stupid. All pain and no gain. And everyone should see that by now, but 90% of Republicans still support the Ukrainian nonsense. But I think there's something even more than that. My point is the shortage is real. And if you don't, do something dramatic now. It's not just, oh, staving off what the Dems want to do to shut us down. No, if you don't affirmatively really, really, you know, go go crazy on energy production and deregulation of certain things now, you're screwed. Have these Republicans ever heard of Texas? Texas had the problem before California and they will have the problem with their grid. Okay, okay. Most red states will have the same problem. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? I don't want a nice rhetorical, you know, jab on Twitter, or a look at the California and Democrats, haha. They're imploding. They're not imploding. They're imploding us. Republicans act as if we're on the outside perimeter of the area of impact from their stuff. We're not. We're in it. I want to get us to the outside of that. I want to decouple ourselves and do the things to make us independent. But until and unless you have a plan to do that, the noose is already around our neck. It's not like, oh, if you don't vote Republican, the Democrats might put a noose around our neck. It's around our neck. If you don't really think of something innovative right now to get it off your neck, the status quo will tighten that and kill you. It's a subtle point, but a profound point that, that conservative media is missing. Notice everything's about owning the libs rhetorically. Oh, look, they just said this radical, crazy thing. They didn't just say the radical, crazy thing. They're doing it, and they're doing it successfully, and not just in their areas. It's going to affect us all. Just like we couldn't run away from COVID after they released it, we're not going to be able to run away from this contrived food and fuel crisis Unless we literally almost have national divorce and create parallel economies. And if you're not starting on that, then you're not doing anything meaningful, which is why they don't fear us. Again, the three pillars. They have a holy religious war against our existence in its most literal sense. It's not just about being liberal, supporting green energy, caring about the environment. No, no, no. They are trying to kill us. Number two... They already have everything in place to accomplish what they need and want to accomplish. And number three, nothing our so-called side is doing has instilled any deterrent or fear in them that we're going to challenge it. Okay? We keep thinking that we've repudiated them. No, we haven't. Rhetorically, we might have. And maybe some of this stuff, if you poll a majority of people, shall we have another lockdown, they'll say no. But what are you going to do when they come for you? Harking back to the theme song of the cops program in the '80s and '90s, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? That's why they say it openly. They mock us. This is what Biden's speech was all about. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, buddy? Okay, when they come and say there is now a shortage of the electric grid, it cannot handle our capacity. All 50 states, what are you going to do? Uh, drill, baby, drill. Yeah, but, but that, that's not the point. They have done things to create that. The shortage, at least on a surface level, will be real because it's arson. It's a controlled demolition. Just like COVID wasn't made up. It was real, and it was killing people. Plenty of people. Okay? People miss the point, ah, COVID's a joke. It ain't a joke. It's a bioweapon gain of function. You gotta deal with it. You gotta deal with it in the right way, which means treat it early with the right things, criminalize what they're doing, and then hold a Nuremberg trial to hang the people doing this and investigate what's going on. And this compact that I'm talking about, not only would they have an investigative commission to investigate COVID and where it came from and what's happening, but where this stuff is coming from. And yes, a lot of it was the Ukraine suicide, but I think there's something even more going on. So we need to get to the bottom of that. Meaning, you listen to Mitch McConnell's speech today, but it's no different from your t- typical conservative talk radio. It's like ticking off the list of things. High crime, the border, f- inflation, Drilling, you know, energy. And on the surface, I don't disagree with that. But that's like an antiquated way of looking on at it. It's not a matter of an issue set. Those are the immediate milder version of the symptoms of the Fourth Reich. Meaning, this is no longer a disagreement economically between Keynesians and the Austrian School of Economics over... We know how to handle um, inflation and how to handle this situation. It's all a controlled demolition. So you have to get to the source of the controlled demolition. And until you do that, A, you know, get to the source of it and B, find a way to extradite yourself from the area of impact. We're going to suffer from it because it's not just, oh, we just won't do the liberal policies so we won't have the California's problem. Yeah, they do have a more of an acute problem from all of the built-up policies they've have had over the years and all the regulations they've had, which is why to begin with energy was always more expensive there, even before the shortages and they they had the blackouts already twenty years ago during during Gray Davis's time. But we're all gonna face that. There's no sense of urgency. It's all conveniently you know strategically put in a way like oh you know we're at the cusp but we're not over the line but we you know you have to vote republican so we don't get over the line and then meanwhile the democrats win and we get over the line even even their line or fake republicans win and we get over the line and then they reset that for the next election well we're not really over the line but we will be over the line if you don't vote republican again i'm sick of this and aren't you guys sick of this this is the 2020 vision on politics you're not going to hear elsewhere and while you're getting 2020 vision on politics, you may as well get it with your eyesight with Better Spectacles, America's only conservative eyewear company. Like anything else, every major venue of service and goods is going to be supporting the cartel unless they're known to not. Better Spectacles is not just American conservative company, but they import Rodenstock. Rodenstock is the gold standard of eyewear. Reagan himself wore them. Um, They use technology for useful products, unlike Big Pharma. Their biometric intelligence glasses are big. It gives you a seamlessly natural experience, works perfectly with your brain to give you the sharpest vision. Um, This is why I'm always firing on all cylinders. I'm terribly nearsighted. Everyone in my family is. But now my wife and I and our oldest son have better spectacles. They're big glasses so if you want what i have go to better spectacles.com conservative to schedule a teleoptical appointment so you never even have to leave your home um they do all the kind of measurements through that they have an app to do that uh and then go big with biometrical intel glasses from better spectacles you get 61 percent off their progressive eyewear plus free handcrafted rodent stock frames Go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative. That's betterspectacles.com slash conservative. Great eyeglasses change lives. Okay, so I want to go on why they don't fear us. Why don't they fear us? Why don't they fear us? So for one, at a time, like Mitch McConnell said, I mean, even if you just take Mitch McConnell's speech, the Democrats, even to, to, to your average suburban voter, if you would demonstrate the crime stuff, the border stuff, the energy stuff, the inflation stuff, the, and, and they don't want to touch this, but the me- biomedical fascism, imagine if we held the Democrats accountable and articulated a united front on the budget bill, on the NDAA, all the crazy things they're doing. As radical as people have become, maybe there's 20, 30%, depending on the issue, who agree with them on that, which... It's crazy, it used to be 1%, now it's 20, 30, but it's not a majority of people. Imagine if they, not just rhetorically, half-hazardly ran an ad here and there on crime, but they actually held up the budget bills over this. Actually used the power they have in the states. Already, without an election, they already control the states forever, half the states, to fight this. But no, not only aren't they doing any of that. This is from Laura Litlan. Okay. She is a reporter with Bloomberg News. Talks designed to win enough Senate GOP support to clear legislation protecting same-sex marriage rights are making headway. And it appears likely that at least 10 Republicans will help move it through the chamber later this month. Republican Tom Tillis told me. We've made progress with the drafting, Tilla said. I think we've addressed a lot of the religious freedom questions that some had, and we think we're going to move ahead this month. So they say it protects same-sex marriage rights. No, what it does is, is it bans states from ever defining marriage as a marriage. It will codify whatever they want to consider a marriage, who knows what's included in it, as a right. So you know what that means. That means that churches, bye-bye, you're done. Religious schools, done. Anything you want to do, done. Even even from the time of our founding, states were never banned from defining marriage as a same-sex marriage, right? Now, they weren't maniacal enough to do that until fairly recently. But when it was the other way, they were never banned from doing that. When you had DOMA, Defense of Marriage Act, at a federal level, people need to understand this all it did was for federal purposes define marriage as a marriage, one man, one woman. So military, social security benefits, whatever, immigration, things that are federal. But a state was never bridled during the time DOMA was in effect from adopting it. And indeed, a number of states, even before fell, you know, like New York and, and whatever else, all those blue states, adopted it before fell when DOMA was in place at a federal level. Yet here it will go the other way around and, and ban, essentially ban, ban states from traditional marriage. And they're like, yeah, easy, we'll get 10 Republicans on that. This is what I mean. Why, why should they fear us? And conservatives will keep voting for them. Daniel, you have to vote for Dr. Oz. It literally, meaning I think it makes no difference even for Republicans to win back the House. But at least on paper you could say, you know, most things are done through the judiciary and the deep state. It doesn't really matter the legislature, but to the extent they want to pass bad things out, okay, once you control one body, you stop that. But to affirmatively get good things passed, they'll never pass that until you have all three branches, right? And they're not going to use the budget bills to to fight it to, you know, hold up that leverage they already said so. So what's left? It literally makes no difference to get 51 but not 60 seats in the Senate. And again, If they win, especially at this point, it would be a bare minimum majority. And that's before you even get to the fact that McConnell Republicans are rhino dirtbags. I'm saying even counting them as conservatives, you have Romney and Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski, who unfortunately looks like she's going to win because they rigged that, that ranked choice election stuff in Alaska. And Tom Tillis, just to name a few. In other words, just the official rhinos the Democrats are still going to have a majority. It literally makes no difference. And then you include the Wizard of Oz and whatever. I'm telling you, it makes no difference. Let me cap off this discussion with an amazingly important art, uh, column from the, in the Washington Post written by Thomas Ricks. He's the big like national security, foreign affairs, military correspondent, um, writes a lot in New York Times, Wall Street Journal, so this is a column in the Washington Post titled, Why I've Stopped Fearing America is Headed for a Civil War. And three people in the audience emailed me this yesterday. So you guys are, know exactly where I'm thinking on this. He perfectly embodies the mindset that our enemies think. And they're not wrong. Five years ago, I began to worry about a new American civil war breaking out. Despite a recent spate of books and columns that warn such a conflict may be approaching, I am less concerned by that prospect now. Um, Specifically, I am just skipping here. Specifically, I worried that there would be a spate of assassination attempts against politicians and judges. I thought we might see courthouses and other federal buildings bombed. Okay, this is a straw man, but, but listen to the next sentence. I also expected that in some states, right wing organizations heavily influenced by white nationalism would hold conventions to discuss how to defy enforcement of federal laws they disliked, such as those dealing with voting rights. Some governors might vow to fire any state employee complying with unwanted federal orders. And I thought it likely that nullification juries would start cropping up, refusing to convict convict right-wingers committing mayhem such as attacking election officials no matter what evidence there was so there's that false projection that oh, we thought they would be violent as anything and that's not what we're call, calling for but in Wisconsin, there is what somewhat what we're calling for they they will tell you what they fear they don't fear republican elections they don't feel federal control republican control of the congress they don't fear all those stupid things they fear state nullification that is what they fear Okay, they're telling you that, and he rightfully is saying he no longer fears that. We still may see such catastrophes, of course. Um, <clears throat> you know, yada yada. And yet, for all that, I'm less pessimistic than I was back then. Oddly enough, the main things that give me hope arise from former President Donald Trump's attack on the electoral process culminating in the January 6th assault on the Capitol. At that time, I feared unprecedented insurrection. And then he admits, nothing much happened rather with the executive branch crippled and the legislative branch divided it's not divided the judicial branch of the federal government held the line meaning persecuted everyone again and again both federal and state courts rejected claims of election fraud and he basically he goes on to say the courts are 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 you know for all the talk of a right wing court the courts are fundamentally siding with them that for all the talk of violent right wingers they can't even put together nonviolent resistance and they won't like they just just so you know the masterminds of this they're not stupid they know that they're engaging in a blood libel and projecting themselves on us they know that we couldn't hurt a fly we they know that we can't get our act together they know that we like grifting and talking points of owning the libs but the libs owning us policy wise they're not stupid and he basically he doesn't say all of this but you read it through the lines and it becomes very clear you know the title is oh I don't feel I don't fear a civil war of republicans like burning down the joint and beating people up and assassinating people doing what they're doing by the way um but what he really means is he doesn't fear conservatives politically okay that we're a bunch of wimps misguided misdirected unfocused losers that will never do what matters they'll tell you what they're scared of it's the local independence that's why doj went after the school board stuff because they know that's how we create enclaves of sanctuaries for ourselves the same way they did they know what works having mitch mcconnell and kevin mccarthy as majority leaders in the senate and House. Doing what they're doing is not only not a threat, but they're an indispensable component of what they want to accomplish. They couldn't accomplish what they want without them. Banning, gay, banning forcing gay marriage on the states permanently, codifying that as a right against religious liberty, they couldn't accomplish that with only Democrat votes. They need Republicans to do it. And I don't just mean like, oh, you know, the filibuster. Let's say you didn't have the filibuster and you could accomplish some of this with only Democrats. You need GOP buy-in politically and that's why they get it. They're not stupid, these people. They know exactly what they're doing. So this is the point It's a holy religious war. God created two arms, one for the COVID child, one with the flu shot. We're going to now have COVID-like flattening the curve in lockdowns for energy and food. The shortages will be real. They've succeeded. They have everything in place to implement it. It's not like they might do it. They will do it because we've allowed them to achieve this by not holding them accountable, by not pointing out who is doing this and how they're doing it, and protecting ourselves from, from the area of impact. Nor is there anything we're proposing now that makes them fear us. That is the bitter reality of where things stand. So I want to take this discussion from the outside to the inside. Someone who's elected as one of the few uh, sane individuals elected to Congress. Congressman Chip Roy from Texas's 21st District, who's been a guest of the show, a friend of the show for many years, you know, you guys have heard me talk about where things stand. I wanna hear it from someone who's there in Congress, what actually matters, because the truth be told, folks, like I've told you, the state is all where it's at. The only thing you can do at a federal level, there's two things that matter, the budget, and just in general, having a voice, a message, that in my view would grease the skids for what needs to be done at a state level. Beyond that, there's really nothing that you can do, nothing we will do. Someone who's embodying this on both points, and I want to get to the update, is Chip. Chip, thanks so much for joining us today from the road. Always appreciate you coming on to Blaze Media.
1: Daniel, it's always great to be on your show. Uh, you're one of the few people I can count on to be focusing on the truth, seeking the truth, whether it's COVID tyranny, COVID stand as we call it, or whether it's... Uh, you know the war on uh, our way of life, the cultural wars. Whether it was your all your work on the courts uh, previously, all this stuff is related. So thank you for it. Thanks for being a good friend and uh, and uh, thanks for exposing all the truth um, about what we need to do to retake our country. And I I choose to be optimistic, but it's in the face of truth and and the, and the reality and and that's what we have to go focus on.
0: So I want to hear a little bit of optimism um, because I've been all pessimistic today, and and I'll tell you why. Let's start with energy. What, what bothers me is that even the guys that get it, and energy is a good issue because on paper, unlike marriage and COVID and you know tons of things, on paper, all Republicans are kind of united on that message, kind of like taxes, like, yeah, we're all for energy production and the Democrats are doing you know stupid things to limit it. But they view it like another issue that you tick off on your fingers, border, crime, energy, and we don't disagree with that. But do you agree this is not just an issue? It's not just, oh, let's make sure we don't become like California and do what the left is doing. No, no, this is a controlled demolition. COVID 2.0, it's contrived, but it's real. They are creating these shortages. Texas, as you all know, had this before. Um, This is coming to all 50 states, and I'm not hearing a plan to ensure sure this doesn't happen. I will be shocked if this doesn't happen to us, just like COVID by hook or by crook in all 50 States come the winter. What sort of plan do you think we need to hatch to get us out from this next COVID 2.0 trap?
1: Well, I'm really glad you raised this issue. It's actually one of the issues that kind of sits on the sideline when all we have these big headline issues that pop up and they're and, and they have they happen for a reason, right? Whether it was the you know, going after parents and school boards last year and, you know, Scott Smith Loudoun County or whether it's the border issue, as you well know, you and I talk about it a lot here in Texas. But an existential question for this country is whether or not we're gonna use the natural resources and our God given advantage uh, to be able to maintain dominance and economic superiority and prosperity in the world, and do so in a way that is good for us, good for our environment, and make sure that we have sustainable, reliable, reliable energy supply? That is an existential question. We are currently on a path throughout this country to undermine that, to turn over that superiority, to make ourselves reliant on China, on Iran, on Russia, to undermine... The exploration, development and use of fossil fuels and nuclear power, the actual sustainable power that, you know, 85 percent of our energy supply in this country still comes from. And we've got to, con- you know, a- you ask whether we have a plan. Of course, we don't have a plan. The plan right now is to allow Democrats to continue to screw us. That's the current plan. That's how Republicans roll. Hell, even in Texas. I met with the ERCOT head, which is our grid in Texas, two weeks ago. We in Texas, Texas, Daniel, are going to, for the additional capacity added to our grid this year, 80% of it it is going to be wind or solar. That is insanity. What we need to do is Republicans need to pledge to undo the harm in the Inflation Reduction Act, so-called, that has these methane caps and so forth. We need to open up federal lands and open up federal oil and gas. We need to beat back some of these ESG and other requirements that are killing capital flow into the oil and gas world. And we need states to push back on all of these subsidies buying off the continued production of wind and solar as opposed to reliable energy. And we Republicans ought to fight to dismantle those mandatory subsidies. That's a lot. We ought to do it. It's existential. Um, and I'm going to be pushing Republicans to use the power of the purse to get some pieces of at least that pie until, Lord willing, we get a Republican president, in which case we should have a plan to dismantle it all.
0: So I, I want to pick it up from there, The the power of the purse. I mean, that's really where this all comes into play. Obviously, they cannot do anything without 10 GOP votes in the Senate to pass both the CR and the NDAA, the two, I would say, must-pass bills that they're looking at. And what I'm finding is fascinating, that at least in 2010, I remember, everyone remembers Boehner's feisty speech on Obamacare. The fundamental issues of our time were Obamacare and the spending. And, and I think actually the green energy you know played a role in that too. And at least in word, the Republicans were pretty strong on that. Now, some of us didn't trust them and knew where they would head, but, you know, they at least fought it um, rhetorically. Now, we have, I mean, God knows how many existential threats to our life, 10 of them that are just each one is a kill shot on not just our country, but sometimes our, our in some ways, our existence. Again, the food, the fuel, uh, healthcare freedom, crime, the border, the the grooming Um, I mean, you name it, it's just, it's, it's all over the place. I don't, I don't even hear it. I don't, I don't hear anyone diagnosing where it's coming from, who's responsible, how, and therefore prescribing the right things to do. I'm not hearing any, any, um, prescription. So you have a rallying cry, not one penny for federal tyranny. Could you describe that, what that looks like and what people could do to get involved in that? Well,
1: when you look at the power, you mentioned a minute ago, of a House of Representatives, which is the body we are most likely to get into Republican control. Now, I don't take anything for granted. we got to go work for it, and frankly, our agenda has been garbage. We can't just run on Democrats are terrible, but we go out and work hard the next 60 days. We retake the majority in the House. Well, the House of Representatives was given the power by the founders very explicitly. In fact, James Madison said it very well, that the power of the purse is our check against the abuses of an executive branch or a federal, uh, you know, largesse of the executive, right? That's why we have that power. The People's House has that power. We should use it. We shouldn't be afraid of it. We shouldn't run into the corner crying when someone says, oh no, they'll accuse you of shutdown. No, it is they who will shut it down. Biden's the president. The Democrats control the Senate and and, and currently control the House. Make them own it. We should be very forward leaning. And right now on September thirtieth, the federal government funding expires. Democrats are already teeing up predictably. We've been predicting it for a month. That's why we wrote a letter, we the Freedom Caucus, in July, or first week of August, saying, we should not give them the pen with a short-term continuing resolution to extend government funding into a lame duck. And we should oppose it. We should demand that they extend it into the new Congress. Let the new Congress speak. Now why? Because lame ducks are used for all sorts of terrible activities by, by a historical judge. And they'll use that to continue to advance all of these leftist priorities. So don't give them the pen. But what's going to happen right now is Democrats are going to put forward a bill to extend funding into December. They're going to include in it more Ukraine funding. And now it sounds like they're working Republicans to add marriage language to the bill. And right now, it seems like Republicans are poised to support it.
0: You're saying that wouldn't be a standalone, that that would be attached to the budget bill.
1: Yeah, they would attach it all together into one package uh, to support. And I haven't seen the language exactly how they do it, but they want to get it all done together. And our argument is, not one, in the op-ed I wrote this week on The Blaze, not one penny, not one penny. You should tell every member of Congress, you will, not, you will not give Democrats the ability to spend one more penny for this radical leftist agenda. And you should oppose any funding bill, any funding bill that is not... Essentially, a clean extension of existing funding levels into the new Congress. Let the new Congress get elected and then speak to how we spend the money. Whoa! That is, I think, the question right now before
0: us. That's a so so. I I want to walk this back because this is something <clears throat> that I don't think I've properly articulated to to everyone here. You know, I was saying we should have the fight right here, right now, before the election. But I think what you're trying to say is, look, we know um, they have many more than 10 rhinos in the, in the Senate to get to 60 votes. They're going to get it, even though they shouldn't, and we should have the fight now. So you're saying the next best thing to at least do is, okay, then just have a regular continuing resolution, at least dump it into February, whenever, when you have a GOP house, so at least they could pretend to say there's going to be a difference when you take over the GOP right. house, and they'll fight for it. But you're saying not only aren't they doing that, but they're going to specifically kick it to December in the lame duck when you have all the rhino suicide bombers that are termed out and leaving, and they're going to pass a full year omnibus with all sorts of unimaginable things, and then we won't have the leverage until the next fiscal year right to even deal with anything.
1: So, so, Daniel, that's exactly right. Now, look, let me be clear. And, you know, I, I worded it a little bit vague. Look, I'm happy to have a battle in September right now on all those spending priorities. And, in fact, I think we should. We should have a fight on spending about the border. We should have a fight on spending about what's going on with our energy supply. We should have a fight on spending about vaccine mandates for our soldiers and for our kids in schools. We should have a fight on spending on the empowerment of the FBI and, IR- and 85,000 IRS agents. Of course we should, but you and I both know Republicans run crying from a fight. So all I'm asking for, my Freedom Caucus colleagues, all we've laid out is at a minimum, you friggin' fools, don't give them the pen with a with a CR into December and give them the leverage of Christmas jet fumes, lame duck to let Susan Collins cut a deal, and don't and sure as hell don't do that in September while you throw another you know forty billion dollars or something at Ukraine and go uh you know get woke on marriage. So, I mean we're just asking for the bare minimum, Daniel. We're not asking. Like, yeah, we should fight in September, but these fools won't do it.
0: You know, you brought up Ukraine. Do your colleagues realize they were punked? I mean, like completely. Russia's doing better than ever, um, and everyone else cut off their nose to spite their face and you know, Zelensky is out there ringing the bell in New York. Something odd is going on there, and I can't put my finger on it. Um, I mean, meaning it was a horrible policy to attack Russia, but from the weakest position, so you get the worst of everything, and not understand the dynamics of the Ukrainian government and what our corrupt government is, you know, funneling through there. But I think there's something even more that's almost an illusion, because I, I can't figure out even what's going on on the ground. But, but at the time, even some of the people who didn't buy into COVID bought into that. Um, I mean, it was almost unanimous with very few exceptions. Do they realize they were punked?
1: Well, I will say this. We at least drove the numbers up in the house. Um, I can't remember the final numbers, Daniel. I think, we got, I think we got maybe 75 or so. I'd have to go back and look at it. Who stood up and said, hey, why are we going to write a blank check to Ukraine? Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Senate just rolled over with a handful of exceptions and, and do I, you know, do they realize they got punked? I, I'm afraid. No, I'm afraid they would just say, well, we knew there'd be some, you know, fraud and abuse and we knew there'd be some oligarchs taking some money and yeah, I mean, you can't control it all, but man, we just got to stand up against Putin, and we got to go help them because they're getting attacked. I'm sorry, they going, well, you guys, first of all, when they came in and briefed us. They said that they were going to roll through and take Kiev in like a week. Well, then, and they got that wrong, and then they uh, came and said, well, we need all this money, we've got to send them all this stuff. Or, okay, well, where's that money going to go? Well, don't mind that. Never mind that it's going to go to a bunch of non-governmental organizations. Never mind now, as it's proved out, it's gone to the Communist Party of China. Never mind that it's gone into the pockets of oligarchs in Ukraine. Never mind the fact that there are now thousands dead. Ukraine's been getting blown to hell. And, yeah, am I pulling for them to, you know, fight back against some of the horrific things Russia's done to them? Sure. I mean, I'm a human. Um, would I have agreed to send them a little bit of support and aid to be able to help fight? Sure. But a $56 billion blank check, now they're coming in and asking for more? And you got steady horror and the floor of the House saying, we're at war. We yeah. didn't vote to go to war. But, yeah, to answer your question, I don't know how many of our colleagues who supported that
0: but, but that's right, where the inflation comes from. I mean, just so people know, the sanctions on Russia, you know, it's not I, – I, I know this is a little bit uncomfortable for some of our conservative friends, but the reason we're in this crisis is not because of the Democrat-Green policies. That's why it's going to take longer to get out of it if we choose to get out of it, and why it might be a little bit sharper that we don't have enough to um, cushion the impact But the reason, what induced it was the fact that you had, and and, and again, I mean, this goes back 20 years, 15 years, and certainly to um, 2014, that we antagonized Russia in the worst possible way. Meaning it was a half-assed way where we challenged them, but without the the muscle to put anything behind it. So they got the East, they got Crimea, they literally have, and they're not going to be able to join NATO, which, which they shouldn't do anyway. That was their demand. If we would have said, given to that, but threaten Russia, you go an inch further, you know, th- have a real deterrent for that, you would have avoided war, which they're getting anyway. You're killing the lives anyway. But instead, everyone's like, you're a Nazi if you don't support an embargo on Russia. Well, I mean, if you have an embargo on Russia in the current geopolitical dynamic, both energy wise and just geopolitically in terms of what we've done in Eastern Europe and Ukraine, you get the worst of all worlds. So you see what I'm saying? It's not just the waste, fraud, and abuse. It's the underlying policy is causing this.
1: Daniel, for everybody listening out there, just know what's about to happen in September. Republicans are going to rattle a little bit about how we shouldn't do this and whatever with a spending bill but there'll be Ukraine added to it. Now this marriage stuff. You'll get pretty strong opposition in the house. I believe that actually, it might even be unanimous opposition yeah. when all is said and done. Maybe I'm not sure about that, but what will happen is then the Senate though, probably, I don't even know if they'll do this much, get one of those things cut out. Although they'll, they'll maybe cut back a little bit of Ukraine funding, but still leave 30 billion instead of 40 billion. Yep. Or maybe they won't include marriage. Maybe they will. And then they'll say, look, guys, you got to support it. Meanwhile, it'll still be a short-term CR into December. It'll still fund Ukraine, and they'll do marriage eventually anyway. Or they'll just go ahead and include marriage and do it. The point here is the defense industrial complex world still has a stranglehold on the Republican Party. Yes. Who will do anything in the name of defense? Oh, we got to do it because pay rates. Oh, we got to do it because I've got some... You know, jets in my district, or I've got some helicopters in my district, or I've got some bases in my district. Daniel, I've got all that stuff. I've got Fort Sam Houston, an historic district. I've got the Army Futures Command. I have Air Force bases all over San Antonio that are just out of my district. But our job is to stand up for those veterans who've already fought and those active service members who are getting pushed into harm's way, pushed over to serve by burn pits. Under 20-year tw- authorization of the use of military force, only to then tuck tail and run, leave 85 billion dollars of assets yep. behind, abandon Bagram, and then pursue policies like this, and now we're going to go for spending 50 billion, 75 and billion, and jab them to death. Much.
0: Because if you're in the and military, you're sub- yeah, you're right. subhuman and you don't have human rights, and it's expected. You're in the military, you're going to get jabs like. Well, maybe, but not if they're proven problematic. I mean, I'm, you know, I wouldn't have you on the show and say controversial things and get you in trouble. But these things are proven that the COVID shots, ACAM 2000 smallpox and anthrax shot, at a minimum, those are very problematic and that we know. And there's no reckoning for what was done to our soldiers. There's a lot of evidence, some of this Gulf War syndrome, things similar to it came from the anthrax shot. And it, it bothers me no end that the other bill is the NDAA. And we talked about that before, not just the CR. And I, I want to throw a little bit of a thought at you. I don't know if we've ever talked about this aspect to it. And I know you and I have likely changed over our careers, and, and, and rightfully so, that you know, in the past, I used to oppose some of the libertarians on their concerns with NSA spying and things like that. But now I'm like, oh, oh my, okay, that's really the biggest threat. I've come to realize that while HHS is a problem and EPA is a problem, and they do have kind of SWAT force teams, but there's nothing quite like the places that we used to like, the institutions, the Pentagon, NSA, CIA, okay? Um, what are they, they, they have a monopoly on violence, okay? That's, I mean, that's what they have. Um, and we always liked that when we thought that it was to defend America. But every Republican listened to Biden's speech and they're all, you know, say, oh, it was terrible. It was uh, reprehensible, the things he said. He means it. And the entire apparatus, I mean, he's nothing, but the apparatus behind him, um, they mean it. They mean that, really. Like like everything we thought we were doing against Al-Qaeda 20 years ago, that's how they view us. Um. Chip, this is a very uncomfortable thought, but when we're funding all this stuff with a blank check without parameters of what you can and cannot do in within the national security apparatus, are we funding our own demise?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's the reality of what we're facing right now. Um, and I mean, we could we could we could do a whole conversation on just this. But when you you go through and 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 ask yourself the question, Republicans, have got, I'm going to change, I'm going to change gears a minute and come back. Republicans for so long on spending, right? We've talked about debt, six trillion, fifteen trillion, twenty trillion, now we're thirty and a half trillion, and and we were. I get why we talked about it; it kind of blew our minds. But then we kept doing it, right? And we, and why did we do it? Why did we just blow the lid off the? debt and deficit spending in the early 2000s and the team was because of the war right we had a balanced budget yep. in 2000 briefly the 9-11 happened nobody agreed you could respond to 9-11 or spend a little bit but then we had to enjoy a 20-year war and we still haven't repealed the authorization so then republicans use that as an excuse to spend money spend money spend money grow government grow government and here we are 30 trillion dollars in debt and you have no message you can possibly have on spending So what is the right thing to focus on? Why should we tax Americans or print money or borrow money to use it to pay for more bureaucrats to go after us? If you can answer that question for me, Republicans, yes, then sure. Go ahead and vote for these bullcrap bills. But they can't answer that question. The only thing they'll say is, well, we got to keep going and we just got to change the policies. What are you going to do? Defund the DHS or the FBI? Look, man, I'm telling you right now, I would happily not approve the funding of the government until we get the changes we demand. Yes. To preserve and protect the freedoms of the American people, to secure the border of the United States, to stop the FBI from targeting parents, to stopping DHS from ignoring their job, to stopping the mandatory vaccine jabs that is forcing our military to lose their jobs, to do the things that we said we were going to do, that we say we we're going to do. Use the power of the first to do it. Stop funding tyranny. Stop funding, stop funding tyranny. Stop exactly.
0: funding tyranny. Exactly. I-, I love your message, but Chip, stop funding tyranny again historically i would have been oh you know defense is good let's do that okay oh i don't like the epa i don't like the irs so you know we don't like hhs easily li- hud liberal agencies no the the biggest tyranny if you believe your federal government has turned tyrannical which we do well the most potent tool of that ain't going to be the epa or hud it's going to be the defense national security intel apparatus. And I mean, we know the NSA spied on Tucker Carlson. We know there's a lot more where that comes from. You need parameters in terms of what the military and defense and intel can and cannot do vis a vis Americans, which are things that yesteryear the left actually supported. Um, These are some of the things we need to be looking at. And it's just very disappointing. Um that we're gonna give a blank check to what I believe is, is behind a lot of the tyranny, COVID, and whatever else. It's the the Intel community is a big, big, big problem. Um, much more so than HHS. They're really the muscle behind a lot of this. Um with that said, we're almost out of time and I, I know I'm sure changing you we should do a, a separate show on this, but if you could tease out, you have coming out an agenda where you actually are attempting to like direct the fire extinguishers to where the fire is. I'm um, not like this is 17 1976 or, you know, 2003 or something. You have an agenda that you want to put out to guide that ship, at least rhetorically where we should head. Just tell us a little bit about it and what, what we should expect coming.
1: Yeah, so I'm releasing to my constituents because, you know, I I owe them that that I what am I going to do to go honor my commitment? What am I going to do when I'm in DC? And I'm, I'm telling them very clearly that I'm going to stand up for America. I'm going to do specific things and fight to get Republicans to do specific things. The first is what we're already trying to push, which is free spending and hold this CR into the next Congress so the Democrats don't get the pen. The second is to then say that when Republicans, if the, if the people bless them with control of the House, that we should withhold funding until we get the changes we need on a number of key areas. One, protect Americans from an open border and dangerous cartels pouring fentanyl into our communities, killing Americans, undermining our security. Two, neutralize the power of the authoritarian state, the 85,000 IRS agents. Don't fund them. Uh, Don't allow FBI to keep doing what it's doing. The NIH and CDC and FDA. Let's neutralize that authoritarian state. Three, keep the lights on. Let's produce, use, and export reliable American energy, open up gas, open up nuclear, undo the harms that have been done, open up federal lands. And number four, end COVID tyranny, end the vaccine mandates, stop them now. Don't let schools get shut down again, protect our military. And there are ways we can do that. Now that's step two, all of that stuff, fight, use the power of the purse to get the basic, bare minimum, fundamental, sane changes. Then step three is to pass an actual agenda that would Reflect standing up for America. And you would do that by combating inflation, by passing a 10-year balanced budget and appropriating to it. Restore energy, freedom, by expanding what I just already talked about. Establishing health care freedom. Giving you the power to go to the doctor of your choice. Expanded personalized savings accounts. Cut out big health care. Stop letting insurance run your health care. Stop the costly and unfair Biden student loan bailout. End it. Just end it immediately. Pass a bill repealing it. End woke and divisive government. Stop all these policies that are turning up common sense on its head. End DEI and critical race theory and that, you know, not recognizing man and woman. Uh, support police and fight crime. Restore the rule of law. Restore education freedom by empowering parents, taking Title I funding and block granting it to parents to be able to make their decisions, block granting it to states to empower parents. And we need to restore the balance of power to the people, re empower Congress over the executive branch running amok. Restore faith in our elections by making it for elections for Congress elect on Election Day. Don't have these month-long voting and end mail-in ballots for anybody other than the absentee ballots that our military deserves. Fire federal bureaucrats. Pass legislation making it easier for an executive branch to remove federal bureaucrats and then use congressional authority to, to force it. Finally, defend America. Restore a strong, non-woke military. Root out the critical race theory and all the garbage in the military. Secure our borders by establishing operational control, build the wall, clear the cane, build roads, restore the policies, end catch and release. We could do all that in a wave our wand in a week. And finally, restore sovereignty by stop funding these organizations like the UN and the World Health Organization that are undermining us. We can do this stuff, Daniel. Pass the bills. Don't worry about whether Biden will sign it. Don't worry about what the Senate will do. Pass the bills. Send a message. But the main thing we got to do is use the power of the purse to stand up for the yes. people. I'm tired of milquetoast Republicans. We got to fight.
0: Well, if we only multiplied you by a few hundred, we'd be in good shape. But thanks for sharing that agenda with us. Again, it will be on your website tomorrow. We'll have that out. Um, everyone should be talking about an agenda. Um, I don't understand why there hasn't been one. It's a little bit bizarre. But thanks for taking that initiative. And we are way out of time till tomorrow. God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.